Welcome to Dynamics of Dialogue, your one-stop shop for peace and love on the airwaves, a safe space for people of color and our allies. Join us every week as we have real dialogue with people going through real life. Your dynamic, your dialogue. Come get some. Welcome, welcome to Dynamics of Dialogue. This is your host, Rebel Queen, uh, and I'm here in the studio with uh, Catherine Knight and Takesha Smith and L. Lachey Farmer, and we are continuing our conversation on racism and mental illness, and there's uh, all the nuances that go to it, and we were just moving into the stage of the conversation. Uh, we've talked about a lot of um, the hurt and how hurt people hurt people and, you know, how all of us... How, this system is perpetuated by all of this misery uh, of people kind of fall, finding their place in the system. Um, and Catherine was sharing a story about her spirituality um, that kind of uh, connected this for her. Uh, so, Catherine? Okay. Uh, thanks, Ty. Um, well, I was sharing that part of my approach to trying to become anti-racist, to trying to perpetually see from the experience of outside of my my training as a white supremacist. I mean, that is what basically I was brought up to believe that either unconsciously or consciously. And earlier you talked about intent, and we got to be careful about intent because that doesn't let people off the hook for the systemic problem. You, you know, we, we, we can be we can the issue of whether we're good or not shouldn't exactly come into play with whether we're racist or not mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. racism is a benefit system a benefit and denial of benefit system it's a power dynamic always power is always at the heart of it and power in our culture is a moneyed power mm -hmm. but I want to talk about a different kind of power and this is why white people should listen is that there is a spiritual power <clears throat> that is growing, I believe, if, that believes in community and believes in authenticity and actual truth where it matters and actual facts still matter. Um, shouldn't have to say that out loud, but really, <laughs> in this time where we're living, we're, I feel like we're running out of time in sort of a, I mean, a Christian mystic kind of way. My psychological breakdown had me looking at the systems, um, had me looking at the systems within which we lived, and I, taking a reckoning and an atonement for what things I couldn't control, but things I've still benefited from. <coughs> things mm. that I was taught in my genealogy, my beloved grandmother who's passed, gave me a 14 generation from the Isle of Man going back to 1845 genealogy, but never in all her years did she ever speak of the impact that was having on people of color, all my those generations of white people. Um, in fact, it was a delusional view because we would romanticize it just like Gone with the Wind or, or different stages of mm -hmm. white culture having a goodness that belied the actual Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde mm -hmm. elements of it, mm -hmm. right? And we have to get real and real fast because I feel 
that we are that and this is a positive thought but that the world is coming to a recognition we are a global society now more mm-hmm. and more mm-hmm. this idea of boundaries or colors or that we're not all children of god <clears throat> equal and entitled to dignity the basics of the maslow hierarchy of needs right the basics <clears throat> shelter warmth some good health care these are community Security. values yes if you don't have them mm-hmm. you've become or are still inhumane yes. right and see this right here is is the perfectly heart said it's perfectly said and, and for me it brings up a couple of things the spiritual journey and to see and again i don't want to make it sound like a weird space but i think we're in a place where a lot of people are in a spiritual awakening not necessarily i don't mean god and the bible i mean a spiritual awakening and inner awareness mm-hmm. uh, a lot of us are going back because as the conversations about past traumas and hurts continue to come up people are going back to revisit the inner child as you talked about and if you it is a part of that process of revisiting the inner child it becomes spiritual so in that we have these elements of understanding how we've been affected literally spiritually by you know this perpetuated racism from generation to generation to generation for me it adds another layer to it because from it, you like know it has to stop it's like a, it's like generational abuse of any kind yes it mm-hmm. has to stop with me like right. it has to we have to and i don't know what that means for my individual life except that i take it from and i want to finish this one weird story that i started before but mm-hmm. i was out in the rural georgia mm-hmm. speaking to um doing a rap which is called wellness recovery mm-hmm. action plan for mm-hmm. basic self-care for people who are in mental hospitals and day programs <clears throat> and something I do and the this man who's a white man approached me and said a lot of people you have a lot of danger around you because I do speak out and I and I am someone who kind of kicks the hornet's nest these days it's a little me oppositional too. defiance disorder <laughs> Welcome to the club. That's what we all do yeah right. me too I speak when I'm <laughs> yes. but that's that's the giving up the silence and giving up the fear which is complicity. right frailty and fear is complicity so yes. I'm gonna say Thank this you. weird story which is this man approached me and said You've got to keep speaking. And he's, mm-hmm. he wasn't talking, like, he himself was a mm-hmm. white farmer, you know, mm-hmm. from middle Georgia. I don't know mm-hmm. what his, but he was sort of channeling, and mm-hmm. he said, don't tell anybody they locked me up for this kind of talk, but <laughs> listen, you need to keep talking. He said nothing during my whole seminar, practically, right? But he, we had a little conversation, but mm-hmm. I said, he's, he's carrying my stuff out, and he said, look, lady, you've got to keep talking because you've got, I'm just telling you, you've got, like, 250 people behind you on horseback who are guarding you and these people are from 1865 around that time and you know my grandmother mm-hmm. this same grandmother that wrote this letter that I gesture because I have a daughter who's 21 who's mm-hmm. a Catherine of these 14 generations mm-hmm. from the Isle of Man oh, wow. of yeah. colonizers right okay but, but I'm calling it out and and so that same um, grandmother oh god I just lost my train of thought um, the grandmother of the story, the Calvary, 250 Calvary oh, behind yes. you. That, you mm-hmm. know, romanticizing the, that whole white history, right, which is what I was steeped in. Mm-hmm. But also owning, you know, the, we were there mm-hmm. and we didn't do right, but we can atone. Like, I don't know if there's actually a cavalry of, of civil. See, I believe that, that these, these guardian angels mm-hmm. are doing some atonement because they were mm-hmm. keeping black hole, black... <clears throat> people down after they ran off the Indians, right? And, and Or the Native Americans, I should say. And so right. so I think there's this 
understanding that I don't know how, I don't know, I don't know all the ways in which a reckoning happens. I don't know, you know, what happens with reparations, what happens mm -hmm. in using the model of South Africa. I don't know. That's a, it's kind of been rocky. You know, there's all different ways of trying to atone for the white people's oppression, but it doesn't go anywhere until you acknowledge it in history. The absence of that is a delusion mm. and it hurts hurts people you know like I say like okay I may be you may think I'm schizoaffective at times or whatever because I see and hear things like I have visions and not necessarily but no. I, yeah, <laughs> I, my, my belief yeah. is that those are gifts mm -hmm. that people because mm -hmm. I think Dangerous people are gifts. things mad you learn pride. how to cultivate gifts yes and we're going to yes. talk about mad pride mm -hmm. when we wrap up the show yeah. uh-huh well so and so I'm proud of my new vision my new lens I like that which, your new vision yes yes you and can't operate I'm out of the same vision out of the same lens and you can't change it again like you once you see you can't unsee what you've seen yeah the inequality yeah, yeah. the the strata and I know I played a role in that strata, mm -hmm. right? But I also believe, because I've experienced it and survived white male domination. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Right? <laughs> I, <have, laughs> mm -hmm. I yeah. crawled out of that. You yes. Made it, right? yeah. But yes. you made it out. And that's that's it. Yes. You it crawled is, out, but you, you made it out. Yes. yes. And, but I'm still steeped in, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm with a white man now. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm learning with him, all this stuff. But... We got to just keep remembering that the hierarchy is where the failure is. This, that's what Jesus really says. I mean, at every level, Jesus says, he says it in terms of their individual locality, you know, because people don't have to that look different. True. You know, you can have oh, Shia so Muslims and mm -hmm. Sunni Muslims. You don't have to look different to hate no, each other. No. But hate is bad for looking at someone as other. Other. As soon as you otherize somebody, you're you're doing some lessening, possibly. You're doing the superiority shit, and mm -hmm. it's got to be untrue. Mm -hmm. And it not only is it not only is it untrue, but when you're operating in a place that is out of alignment with mm -hmm. your spiritual purpose, it's damaging. Yes, mm -hmm. it's it is a painful right because you 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 see so and it's so I wanted to really just bring light to that that mm -hmm. there is I believe there is a spiritual aspect to it mm -hmm. because I think any of us who have experienced racism and hatefulness. I know I've looked into a white racist Irish cop's eyes mm -hmm. and just felt the steel cold the hate. Mm -hmm. You can you're feel it. That's a spirit. That. Yeah. That's well, a let's spirit. talk about let's That's talk about other. Yeah. Let's talk about othering because the core part of othering is identity. Because mm -hmm. if you feel like someone is different from you, mm -hmm. it's an identity situation. Mm -hmm. You have this identity that you created for through culture, history, books you've read, people told you stories, whatever. You have this idea of who you are as a person. It starts when you're a child, which is why the inner child is so important because that shapes who you are. So if you have 1865 racists teaching you who you are, right. and then you have someone come up at you that's a totally different appearance from you, the way they act, the way they look, the way they eat, the way they smell, everything is different from you. You are now faced with the paradigm shift. Yeah. Am I going to be who I am or am I going to be this new person? People are not willing to be that new person. So my question to you, um, you did share that you had a family that known slaves, they had certificates for it and everything. When you learned that that was part of your culture, how did that shape your identity? I think as I was growing up and was taught this, we were taught it was bad in theory 
in Atlanta, mm -hmm. like this liberal education that I was mm -hmm. I mean, I went back in Mississippi. I ra was raised here in Atlanta. So we had in the 1970s, again, you have to call, put everything in, like, because I like to remind people, we're, you know, we're in 2019 and we don't have time for a lot of the <laughs> stuff we were putting up with right. in the 70s, right? right? But in the 70s, I learned that that was something to be proud of. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's white supremacy. Mm -hmm. I was taught that that was valuable and that, you know, I, I, that is what you're taught. Well, and you're, it's, it's implicit, too, because it's in every book. It's every Dick and Jane book. It's every thing. You don't have, you have, may have one friend who's African-American. And even then, there's all sorts of segregation that goes on within that. Right. Right? Within their families and, and our white families. Right. I remember having a friend who went in middle school. And we had a black guy in our class, and we went over to his house, and a white friend of mine who went, went with uh, me, <clears throat> and we left, and she goes, oh, my God, that was so different. And I said, why? And she said, because they had black people on the walls. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to pause for a minute. Yeah, I thought I was going to let you. Because okay. mm -hmm. that's <laughs> deep. That's heavy. Whoa. That's right? different. And the same friend who should know better, mm -hmm. and later at one point asked me when we were in the Civil War movie, like Gettysburg, I think it was, it, who won? Like the chosen ignorance of... <laughs> <clears throat> how things turned out. But, but okay, but let me say this. There's, in terms of the guilt, there's a huge wave of guilt. It's also <clears throat> the extent to which I don't know what's going on in Yemen <clears throat> right this minute. Me. I don't know what's going on in, like, they're being wiped out, right? Mm -hmm. I don't really know, because that's how irrelevant it felt. And I don't mean to say that. That's hurtful, probably, to hear but at the same time, it's like a cult. I was told it didn't matter. And of course it mattered. <laughs> these are people. Because these right. are people right. in people. my community. Right. And, and I am one of them, right? And so I had to kind of lose, I had to be tossed out. It's like a, it's like a bird from the nest so how of do white you supremacy. Heal, how do you heal a culture where the, <laughs> the cultural identity is so heavily tied to violence and hate? How do you, you know, start that conversation of, hey, it, we did this too? Yeah. Well, okay, because I've walked in talking about Stone Mountain, which is closed for Super Bowl weekend. I mean, mm -hmm. talking about, we like to talk about where, you know, Forsyth County or what have you, but just down the road, mm -hmm. we got some KKK who identify strongly with the, the, the figures on the front of that mountain, mm -hmm. right? And, I mean, we can find racism anywhere you look. You just mm -hmm. look, right? So here, I walked in talking about how, I don't feel hopeful of having those conversations. Right. Like I, whenever I've confronted anyone about, you know, that is really like evil. Because at some point, dehumanizing anyone is evil. It you, is you just, yes. It allows yes. you to perpetuate evil. Yes. Be it through physical abuse. Yes. You know, be it through. It breaks humanity at any and all points when yes. you dehumanize anybody. Anyone, in any yeah. culture. Right? Anybody so in any culture. We yep. have to find a way. I mean, if we all lived in little on little islands where we only looked like just each other, that, you know, would be a different socio scenario. Right. But we live here. Right. And all over the world, it's, it's a, it's diversity is what is valuable right it now. It is. It is the truth because it is carrying lots of stories. And I just feel, here's the thing about ha the haves and the have-nots. And mm -hmm. this is where the celebration comes from. Mm -hmm. Is that I wouldn't go back 
I couldn't go back. But I wouldn't go back to the country clubs and the even the pursuit of money over authenticity because there's a buy-in in a way into that capitalist society which is not feeding the it's not feeding the community. And I feel we are losing we're losing and we shouldn't we shouldn't need to we sh- if we could see the humanity in each other and find the the meekness and find the value in having the, sh- the courage of having been survived because we all survive right? white supremacy and one thing about what you said about the poverty if we're busy fighting about who's gay who's black who's white who's a man who's a woman we're not arguing about who's poor we're not identifying that we are all in the same economic position. The vision yeah. hurts us more than the union if we realize that really it's about how can we lift and support a humane society of a lot of diversity. That's and, not and, going and, away. And, and see, this, this, is the, this is the principle, this is the premise <coughs> of beloved community. Mm. I'm uh, glad to hear you say be, that. Beloved community mm-hmm. where there's no poverty, because you, you cannot have beloved community where poverty exists because when there's poverty, people are suffering, yeah. right? There's no racism. That's right. There's no racism. There's no, no separation, no, no misogyny. None of that exists in beloved community. And that's really one of the principles yeah. that I've built official DFD podcast community on, creating that space. It is a safe space. But in that safe space, that doesn't necessarily mean like we have a lot of safe spaces. And boy, I know it may take some heat for saying this, but a lot of safe spaces right now look like they're free of white people mm-hmm. because of the microaggressions. Yes, that's but true. but but this is a safe space that I'd like to include uh, not just white people, but all of our allies and accomplices, mm-hmm. because if we want to see our society transform, then we have to create that space for that transformation to take place in. So that means that people that have a sense of understanding and willingness that are willing to sit down and come to the table and that are willing to say, okay, I'm willing to hear you without judgment and let's have this conversation. We're going to have this community and have these meaningful conversations here where we can all grow and learn. Like when you were introducing yourself, Lachey, I just thought you... You exude coolness. Oh, I'm cool. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I, like I, mean, to I was be thinking cool. you're appropriate for your, you know, to be a brand manager kind of thing. And so, mm-hmm. and, and you bring that consciousness and awareness to that. And what I think, you know, nobody changes if you yell in their face. No, Mm-mm. it does not work. It so doesn't that's, work that's with not my the father, safe space. and it doesn't yeah. work with any husband I've had. So, you know, or women. You or know, women. white women are going to cry. They're not going to get it. They're not, okay. But if you create spaces where white women can come in, and this is where the Chicago dinners mm-hmm. have been going to, mm-hmm. and the cultural classes, and mm-hmm. if you, and I have heard women say, like when I go in those spaces and listen to white women, and I'm not trying to say, oh, I'm so woke, because I'm sure 10 minutes later someone else is hearing me say mm-hmm. something wrong, mm-hmm. you know, really offensive and possibly. But I'll hear people say things that are so offensive, and I'll think, God, those women of color, men of color, are mm-hmm. keeping like so much in bearing mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. internalizing because i can yes. see it now mm-hmm. you know not always mm-hmm. but i can see the diss i can see the the the, the, the i'm really better than you mm-hmm. and i'm pitying you or i'm other still othering you even in those safe spaces right right right, right. so but they but you have to invite us in i'm begging i'm kind mm-hmm. of asking for you know I mean, this is where white women, without crying, need to say we need forgiveness, 
because we've got to ally. I mean, it's not even a choice. And I don't know, I may be an early adopter in some of my communities, but I do believe that those people don't want to be evil. I think that there is some, they are so invested in white supremacy, they don't see it. It's their but lives. if they can start it's, to it's see too, it. We're too correlated to identity. It, it, it's, you yeah. have to let so, your entire identity go if you stop believing what you've been taught all your and, life. And, and you a, touched, she heavy. touched on that earlier because she talked yeah. about her friends, yeah. about losing so many friends and how the new friendships are so meaningful because you, you well, that's family, a whole other tra- yeah, transformation yeah. when you lose what your, your, what was associated with your inner child or your foundation years for a long time. Um, and what also touches into that, something else I've gotten into is yoga and a little bit of practice of Buddhism. All right, Buddhism is not a religion. And I have to say this again, Buddhism is not a religion. It is a practice. But one of the things I've learned in to, to, to combine that um, with that practice in yoga with the work that I do is that <clears throat> it is Im- important to stay active. And within your activity is love. That's what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Love has to be a part of that yes. safe space mm-hmm. and that open-mindedness. You're not going to be able to change people mm-hmm. who don't have love and open-mindedness. Yeah. Period. That's not going to happen. It's, it's and like that's, don't even that's, devote your energy don't, to that. Yeah, like your don't. strengths. There are some low-hanging fruit, and the women who oh. are progressive, it's, it's, I think there's hope, you know, to, mm-hmm. like, learn, and these why these things do, it's necessary. But, you know, at the same time, you just have to be strong in who you are because That's, some people are not going to ever, you can't do it. But that, the, the diversity, which is activity, and yeah. this, is, this is something we know in the profession, mm-hmm. that will be the, if we're going to classify racism as a mental illness, mm-hmm. but activity... Mm-hmm. which I will define as diversifying these conversations, these open spaces, is going to be your best antipsychotic. Yes, very good. That is going and, to and be the th- best. And therapy and has to be, and that's exactly yes. what I was going to say. Therapy, uh, because if racism is, then really, in order to really even tackle it, mm-hmm. you can't, we say this in mental health all the time, nothing about us without us. Yeah. You mm. can't begin mm. to, to, to have any kind of therapy dealing with uh, 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 recovering or understanding black people without us present. Great Without point. authentic And don't tell us how to fit, like that is even a conversation I've had to have with, and I don't mind openly discussing this, with a supervisor. I have a white woman who is a supervisor, and I'm assuming that she is a progressive white woman, but it is when I have the conversation with her about me being a black woman and my experiences, even as a leader within my agency, there's an automatic shutdown. Mm -hmm. And then there's a, um, well, I don't think that's it. I don't, I don't think that's, that's the case. That's the situation. Mm -hmm. But how would you know? There's nobody there that represents me on the leadership panel, on executive team. How many conversations have you had with me? I need to be in the room when you're Mm -hmm. having these conversations. Who in that room represents me? Representation matters. And that's exactly, so I just want to make, bring everybody present to the fact that uh, within the official DMD Hangout, we are uh, offering courses, uh, workshops, and um, I'm so happy to announce that we're bringing uh, one small changes cultural competency workshops Yay. to our network because that's exactly mm-hmm. what it's for right mm-hmm. and I'm sharing the uh, dinner with friends events because these are so important yeah these are great spaces right Lachey and I just went a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, had a re- those okay, Chicago dinners get, yeah the Chicago oh, dinners I love you rarely it. get yeah. a time to sit with people who don't look like you and mm-hmm. ask honest questions mm-hmm. and have honest dialogue and get honest responses oh. in terms of, in order to get solutions yeah. you don't get that 
Right. So thanks uh, to one small change. And a safe that. space. Yes. Because yes, that has space. to be, that has to happen. And people who whose intentions are not to bring about healing, hope, health, love, and wellness, which that was a little personal plug there, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're not going to show up anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But just like hate is contagious, mm-hmm. so is love. So is love. Yeah. Right. So, and it's so is more love. powerful. Good does win in the end. And I don't know when mm-hmm. the end is. Because I get a lot of... <laughs> Like my Christian sort of mystic psychic side will be a little <laughs> apocalyptic every now and then with what's going on in this world. But go ahead. Yes, on the apocalypse note. I'm sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to. It is getting a little into the world around here. I didn't want to put world last, Getting a little last days out here. <laughs> no, but, you know, no, really, the thing, because what came up for me is that I can see a lot of people. I already know, right? There's going to be a lot of us that are listening to this conversation and saying, I'm not loving no racist. I'm not doing this. Well, it's more that love is the answer. But, you know, I, here's here's what I can understand. And this is why I relate all of these together, right? So I'm a person who has lived through trauma, complex mm-hmm. trauma, right? So this is repeated, cyclic, you know, type of things. And I look at it in this form, right? The, the object doesn't necessarily matter as much as the experience. In my experience, I've had to deal with things that if I didn't allow forgiveness in, it would, I would, it, it, it was eating me alive. And I see that alive in racism, right? Mm-hmm. When you don't mm-hmm. allow that in your heart, it will eat you alive. Forgiveness mm-hmm. is not for the other person, it's exactly. for you. It's the same thing with being able to evolve into a place of love. Loving a person who is really, a, 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 you know, what we would kind of consider a degenerate, somebody who, who is hateful, that's not for them. It's for you. And that's some next level. If you think about it, you, that's a breakthrough for you. Yeah. And yeah. that's some next level shit. And I'm going to say this. The experience <laughs> is equivalent to the journey. That's as right. the object is to the outcome. It's not about the outcome or the object. It's about the journey because you can't, it's about the journey. And the only way, one of the things that I found is that I've been, you know, I'm a person that's been damaged by, by racism mm-hmm. at a very early age, right? My first grade teacher called me the N word. I said that last, so, mm. you know, so racism, sexism, all of these different things. And because I'm giving out my space to it, right? I'm, I fall because part of being uh, systematically discriminated against is a sense of helplessness. In helplessness, you lose your power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When So if I allow myself to continue to hate these things, if I allow myself to be burdened down with that anger, in order to hate it, I have to carry it. Yep. Mm-hmm. You, you got to feed it. And it's you got to nurture it. it. And that takes some yep. of my energy yep. and it takes some of my power. Yep. And when I started sh- shifting and focusing all of my energy into, okay, I got to forgive because I can't carry this around anymore. It's making me sick. And I started realizing, okay, I need to add love to that component Mm -hmm. because now that needs to transform my heart. I said, I felt like the Grinch whose heart, you know, opened a mile (laughs) wide, right? Once I incorporated that love, I found now for me, I'm more powerful because I'm giving Mm -hmm. less of my energy and effort. My, my energy is not focused on, I'm mad at these white people. I'm going to go out here and stand in the street and protest. And I am not putting that down. I believe it is necessary, but what I, it is transformed from that to, I'm going to create this space, right? Where we can all, we're going to heal. 
black mm-hmm. people going to heal. Mm-hmm. We're going to support each other. We're going to invite our allies in. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to create a space for those who want to change. Right. And heal. Now, which is more power? You yeah, know, which is more revolutionary? Us right. Which is more yeah. revolutionary? Honestly, yeah. Which is more right. revolutionary? Yeah. You know, yeah. and well, it's, it's, it's important right. to say that. Yeah. And, and you can be woke. And I said this, uh, I think, in a few episodes, past episodes. There are a lot of people out here who's woke, but they ain't conscious. Yeah. All right? You can be awake and on autopilot because that's mm-hmm. what a lot of them are. Mm-hmm. But how conscious are you? And what is your activity, all right, behind that level of consciousness? And that's what I hear you saying now. Mm-hmm. That's, that's Your activity is creating this safe space right. for that well, to and, happen. And, and we have to define... Because I know people who, like white people who are in the cultural education mm-hmm. business, like mm-hmm. the, the a cultural competency business, mm-hmm. who will go and get, you know, a truck with a Confederate flag on it. Yeah. Right? While managing African Americans. Right, right. Totally they don't conscious. separate the offense. Oh, that's they don't in, that's in law enforcement. We see yeah. it all the time in law yeah. enforcement. That, yeah. That's happened, you know, deep yeah. in our Here, there's so, so yeah. much pride in that Confederate flag, they can't separate their identity from, you know, how it affects uh, that. It's 2019. And we're it sensitive got, if we say something got, about it. Well, so. yeah. No, I know. <laughs> and that's why it's so or important. Or it's dangerous to say something about that's it. Why, that's why it's so important that we have to understand when we're talking about racism, particularly with white people, understanding, you know, it's not about just us and them, even the art of war, right? If you are a person who feels like, you know, this is the enemy, even the art of war says you're supposed to know your enemy. You are. You study your true. enemy. You are. Right. That's true. But they and don't know. But if you th- but it, that flag is so, I hate to keep talking about this flag. We no. talk about this flag all the time. But it's so correlated to cons- con- oppression identity. Yes. It's so, it's all they identity. think that it's so, like we're attacking their identity and their culture by saying, pull down these Confederate soldiers well, who lost the war and pull down this mm-hmm, flag. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. you are attacking Yeah, them. I was going to say Absolutely. I'm not saying I'm not. Yeah. But it, the fact that you feel offense. Be, why, why isn't it not courageous to say, I'm ready to change? Like, that is, being mm-hmm. stuck in the past is a really weird thing. We we rightly lost the war. We lost right, it. Lost yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. For Badly. common knowledge. Badly. Common. We all yeah. read about so, it. So the all book. these Confederate right. flag supporters, you, you you lost the war. You got your ass kicked. Badly. I don't know if Let I want to be associated with that, but okay, let's just say that you do. But it's just like but you we're were saying. centuries yeah. are passing, it's, right? It's the past. Like we, we're, we, it's we, a has what now yes. at this point. Right. Yeah. And it, it needs to be in museums. I mean, like I was going to say, <laughs> I have Right. I mean, seriously, I don't even know if you want it in museums. Like, I have a relative. That it grandmother put, yeah. put some Confederate, my Confederate, my Confederate grandparents, you know, great, 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 sorry, whatever, mm-hmm. died on Kennesaw Mountain. Mm. Funny, not funny. It's not funny. Not but a tree fell on a tree oh, yeah. after fighting against, you know, the abol- mm-hmm. abolishing slavery. So, but this needs to, those, his, his That's artifacts are in karma. the Kennesaw Museum. But that doesn't mean we need to celebrate. That's right. what they did. That's, That's the what thing. they did. There's a fine line between done that, knowing right? celebration is and putting the knowledge yeah. out. Yeah. You know, I think we need to know. For me, I'm comfortable with knowing. It. It's no. important to know. That is a very but good I want to know. I, I think we need to know. It should be mandatory that we know. But just yes, like we're, it needs to like be mandatory. Just like in Germany after the Holocaust. They were mandated mm-hmm. after when they lost the war mm-hmm. to learn all the time about cautionary tales towards fascism, which is fueled by racism mm-hmm. because you divide divide all the poor people like we were talking mm-hmm. about before and and it's really it, it's a it's time to become conscious mm-hmm. now like we mm-hmm. don't have a lot another century we we gotta 
you know, we're a lot, there's a lot of issues that affect communities, infrastructure, you know, uh, climate change, um, and that are not going to benefit just the rich people. Like we got to look at, we, capitalism just ate us up. Like that is the white man's dream, right? It is. That, it is. It, it that, is. I'm not just going to say just the white man, but anybody with a business sense, because yeah. my husband who is a black man, mm-hmm. he's an accountant by mm-hmm. profession. He's a very black and white numbers driven person. Mm-hmm. Okay. And to some degree, and this has been a debate within mm-hmm. my household with him, he supports capitalism, but I'm like, it doesn't support shit about you and yours, mm-hmm. which is crazy to me, but they do. It's, it's a mindset. It's an individualism think, that we bought into. Sorry. I think yeah, so. No, and I, and I think yeah. that this is why I think it's important that one, and I think that a very significant change that's, that needs to take place for us to combat racism and such is to really, we, we now need to start transforming the language that we use and Absolutely. even how we identify ourselves. Absolutely. And to go back to the conversation about how white lady was being used as an insult from one white woman to another. I mean, Trevor Noah is genius. And the piece, I mean, it was hilarious, but <laughs> it was like, if for me, it caused, as a black person, it caused this dissonance, like, what am I looking at? You know, <laughs> how, you know, how, now, you know, what is this saying when white women are using that to, that word, you know, your, your own, Assumed identity well, to insult each other. But I think I'm other. guilty of that. But see, but because here's the thing. What word were they but using? White women. White lady. Okay, just white lady. They right, were she was me. like, white lady, get away. I'm like, what? <laughs> And it, was, and it was offensive it was to say. Clip. I got yes, it. Yes, it was. And she was like, okay. because it was a white lady that was trying to say, harassing a black lady and her her kid. Another other white lady walks up and starts shaming her, like, "What are you doing? Mind your business. Leave them alone." Oh. And then the white lady who's doing the offending calls her white lady, and I'm like, "What am I? You know, what's what happening? am I watching? I don't. <laughs> right. I might but not see, be following it, but I think that that needs to happen. If the calling well, out, I think <laughs> it does. No, the calling out part okay. needs to happen. But what was present for me is that really what is whiteness, right? Mm-hmm. One of the cultural competency dinners, I mean, the mm-hmm. dinner with friends events we went to, I connected with a gentleman who shared with me now all about, you know, all intents and purposes, he mm-hmm. is de- identifies as a white person okay. in the society, but his, his, his background um, was Italian, uh, but he didn't speak <coughs> Italian and where he lives in a very, very white part of the U.S., he is a second-class citizen. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. is the first time in my life that I've seen a man, a white man, come to me and I, and verifiably identify as a second-class citizen because he's going to be a second-class citizen again compared to somebody like you because he's got waspy, this... Waspy, background. The waspy but, background. <laughs> and, and one of the things that would, would... So for me, I think that part of what we need in order to really connect with our ourselves and really eradicate racism... Mm-hmm is the type of work that Dr. Skip Gates is doing. Yes. Henry Louis Gates is doing. Yeah. Um, because helping these people connect. So really, it's not that he's white. He's Italian. But he is benefiting. I mean, he he, is uh, benef- he's, he's doing a lot of benefiting. He's doing a lot of benefiting, of, but he's privilege. also recognizing for him what it brought was that even with my benefiting, I'm a second-class well, citizen. Well, and that is sort of where, There's that a is where I landed. Yes. Right? And that's, that's because I landed in the mental health system in mm-hmm. poverty. Mm-hmm. And I immediately realized no one, I had my privilege, I couldn't trade on it, real, not at all. I'm going to yeah. say it's still there, right? Yep. But, it, but it was gone enough for me to go, holy shit. And privilege is currency. I'm glad you said that. It is currency. It's a valuable currency. I'm glad you mentioned that. I had always traded on to live in that bubble. Yes. Right? In that bubble, even like because, and I, Michelle Obama wrote this about how in South 
Chicago, she didn't have to deal with white people like she did until she got to Princeton. Right. And in some ways, that was a little bit my experience. That was nice too. Really? Until yeah. I got to college. Yeah. I didn't have mm-hmm. to work or deal with white people mm-hmm. until I got to college. And I mm-hmm. went to a PWI for mm-hmm. my undergrad mm-hmm. and then an, an HBCU for my grad. Well, PWI, graduate. private white institution, yeah. HBCU, historically black. I college knew the second, University. I knew oh, the ac- yes. second acronym. <laughs> okay, my bad. I'm sorry. No, no. But, yeah, but that's important. That's true. Go ahead. But I, I, I can relate to that. And that was. Um, uh, um, an experience within yes, itself. It's eye-opening. Yeah, it was very <laughs> eye-opening because mm-hmm. I will say being raised around and cultured around people that look like me, that supported me, that, you know, and then to go into an environment that barely saw me was was a kick in the gut. Yeah. And it was, and I can't imagine being a child growing up in that. Mm-hmm. You don't know, you don't have an inkling of who you are, no confidence, no, nothing. But I had the privilege, because that was a privilege in this country, of growing up with with the support of of that, and then understand. I then realized how privilege is is a currency, and it's equated to resources, and resources allows for access. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, I mean, and I learned quickly, like psychiatrically disabled. If mm-hmm. you're rich, you're eccentric. Oh yeah. If you are poor, you are. Crazy. You're going to turn like crazy. Institutionalized, mm-hmm. possibly shot in the street. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to be treated. You're, you're not going to get threat. the right medical care. You're scary. You're a threat. You're a nuisance. Scary. I can tell you as a professional, that's mm-hmm. exactly. And I will call out my professional community mm-hmm. because we continue to perpetuate a lot of the stigma. Working for community service boards versus um, private inpatient institutions, you know, you have one that is. Their sole purpose is to come in and collect your money. So it's, if you got good health insurance or you got cash money, you're going to come in and get some decent health care. If you do not, if you are poor, you will go to a community service board in any state and you're going to get treated in a shitty fashion. I'm sorry, yeah. but that's what it is. What well, is? Yeah. It's inhumane, it's really. It's inhumane. Because they don't see, So I, for the first time, was not seen as a human. Mm-hmm. And that is interesting, right? I mean, I think white men, well, I don't know. Some white men, I'm not sure, saw. they certainly saw me as lesser than them. And so deserving of... That's what, that's what yeah. they, I've heard them say. She's, she's just and being a victim and weak. And, yep. and, well, and abusable, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, and and when you abuse someone, you don't see them as, as valuable as you. Now, one thing right? about that, that correlation you made, it about how you felt like you were seen differently for the first time, mm-hmm. because of the poverty. Mm-hmm. It, right. The race it was wasn't able not. to carry you into that. No, the, no, no. The have well, she not didn't have, situation. She didn't have those resources exactly. that the allowed have not for that situation. Because that, yeah. was what shifted and what, for you. And what mm-hmm. that highlights is another aspect, really the insidious aspect of racism, because racism is really just designed to keep an upper top percent right. of keep people. Keep us separated. It's right, economic system. It keeps, because keeps because us against them. It's always been economic, yeah. so mm-hmm. it was always, that's why they took the Irish, capitalism. and that's why they took the Irish, right, the poor, mm-hmm. and they said, oh no, you're not going to be as good as us, right. but what you can do is you can watch these, <laughs> yes. and you can lord over these. Right, yes. right that's what lord. they did. Hierarchy, <laughs> colonialism, you know, mm-hmm. is, is always about ownership mm-hmm. and right. resources mm-hmm. and draining the resources Power. for the benefit of the few mm-hmm. to the, the and you can see and if you many, look you know? and if you look at this examples of how this is played out mm-hmm. right so i how i use the example like the irish overseers mm-hmm. and and the slave plantations right mm-hmm. you take the people that you you separate and then when they left everything fell down these these people now they're they're at odds mm-hmm. and this becomes the white poor mm-hmm. and they're living side to side 
right? And they're they're making deals, and there comes this strife. Mm-hmm. You look at what happened in Rwanda, right? Mm-hmm. It's, this, oh, it's yeah. this, is a, this is a symbol. This is a trademark of the institution mm-hmm. of white supremacy right. and the legacy that's left on this planet, mm-hmm. because this is how it creates this strife in other populations. You yeah. see the same thing. They took the class that they that they treated the worst and left them in charge over the one that had all the privilege. And what do you think that society is going to look like when you have these two forces left with virtually no resources? These are people that didn't even realize they were different until somebody told them they were. Right. So if you think about if that movie, if you ever seen that movie, Free State of Jones, it was about a successful slave, well, not a successful, partially Mm -hmm. uh, successful rebellion, and it was black and white poor. Mm -hmm. That's really, so really, in order for supremacy to exist, they have to keep, and that's why another reason why Dr. King was assassinated because it was the Poor People's Campaign. That oh, that's what it started. Right. Yeah, when he yeah, we started doing that, that, they were like, "Oh no, no, because no. then you're going to change the world. You got to change the world out here." You get poor white people and poor black people realizing that we're all in the same boat, and right now it's middle class, which is almost disappearing. There is no such thing as middle class. Like, are we even calling it that? And so, when you get black and white people realize how much in the same boat we we're all. That's when yeah, let me just make an announcement. If you're listening and you think you are middle class, stop it. <laughs> you are poor. If you do not make $250,000 in this country, you are poor. Absolutely. Okay? And if you're living direct deposit well, to direct deposit, you're poor. And depending, because you can make 250000 and you're instructed to c- accumulate debt. Because like, yep. mm, yes. capitalism is eating itself now. Mm-hmm. It's all financial. It was never sustainable. No. It was never sustainable. We're all in mortgaged and, and leased and hawked. And that's what's all a lot. Bring what's it back, back in the money now? Is the money still college? being back? No, that, right. Are we but, done but with that? Right. What she no, said, even, she fir- no at the beginning of the no, show, yeah, the beginning of the show, it's all a lie, right? It's all a lie. So you know what? It is. It is. It's all a lie. <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, so I hope is everybody, I, I, I know we're, we're running out of time, Yeah. Uh, but I knew, I, I feel like this is a great show. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I feel like this was an awesome conversation. I'm so grateful for the space that all of you made. I'm so grateful for the, 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 the insights that each person in this conversation brought to it. I mean, this was absolutely fantastic. So before we go, I want to ask everybody to give me... 30 seconds right quick, 30 seconds less than a minute, uh, your wrap-up, your takeaway, and, you know, what parting words you'd like to have for um, the show. Who do you want to go first? Um, uh, you go ahead. Okay. All right, well, I guess I should say I'd recommend reading White Frailty by Robin D'Angelo. I'd, fragility. Frailty? Fragility, sorry. White Fragility. And... <laughs> I recommend diving in with gusto into diverse communities and having uncomfortable conversations because it is the only kind of bridging we can do. And even if you fail and say the wrong thing and if we can make some space for progress, you know, that's what we need. That's what we need. Peace, love. Takesha? So I'm, I'm going to say, and my wrap up is for everybody to remember that it is about the journey. It's not about the destination. It's not about the outcome. It's about your experience. And please um, continue to step outside of your box, operate with an open mind and operate in love. You'll find a lot of healing for yourself, which is really important um, throughout this life's journey. Mm. Okay. Well, I'm going to just keep it short and simple. Um, the issue is poverty. And racism is a construct to maintain poverty. So when we start having conversations with each other, we'll see that the people we hate have been equally misinformed. 
And if both groups are focused on holding on to the hate that they picked up along the way, whether it's hate for black people or hate for white people or, you know, anyone else, if you feel that your hate is stronger than your ability to forgive someone, we're going to keep running in circles. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because we're all in the same boat. We are. Unless you're taking the yacht to work. Or you, <laughs> you know, if you're going to work, you know, you probably need, if you have a job that you're punching right now and you don't know mm -hmm. if you're going to pay your rent with that, with another check, you probably need to stop being so hateful. Mm. Mm -hmm. Thank you, y'all. Um, my parting thoughts are just a few. Actually, some of these are Catherine's I wanted to highlight. We'll make sure, um, you know, so for all of us, uh, particularly our, our white allies and, and accomplices um, or non-black allies and accomplices, uh, recognize the, complicit, the complicity of silence. Uh, thank you for that, Catherine. Um, I think also she talked about otherness. That's very important. Um, I think for all of us, otherness. Um, when we put, for all of us that can put somebody into an other category, someone can put us into another mm -hmm. category. And I think the only way to change that is to be sensitive to that experience. And then one other thing uh, Catherine said is that racism is the water we swim in, y'all. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote that one down. Yeah, if you don't recognize... Don't You're just so up. used to waking <laughs> up and swimming <clears throat> yeah. in racism. It's normal. It's yeah. normal, right. You can't even tell it's water. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I am telling you, this was, uh, again, I, um, I'm grateful this was a, a very... Um, I hope this was a thought-provoking conversation. I hope it inspires uh, people in our community to have conversation. So I'm going to ask you once again to do a couple of things there. Uh, comment your thoughts. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, let us know what you think. Uh, please follow our community. Uh, follow us on social media at Official DFD. You can join our community by going to officialdfd.com. Click the join button. Last, join our conversation. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our show. Tune in every Sunday at 3 p.m. at officialdfd.com. Follow us on social media at officialdfd. Your dynamic, your dialogue. Come get some.